I'm reading this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 to 38. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus to ask him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priest handed you over to me. What is it that you've done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted uh, Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Later on this week, we're going to have the opportunity to sit together with family and friends, loved ones, neighbors, and Lord, to express our gratitude and praise. But we begin even now today, allowing our hearts just to give thanks for who you are, for your love for us. Lord, we thank you that in love you gave your one and only Son that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that he is Lord, our sins can be forgiven, we can have a relationship with you. And Lord, that was the great truth that we talked about last week. Lord, today we're going to take that a step further and we're going to talk about your Lordship and Lord, the desire that you have for us as your people to submit all that we are, every facet and aspect of our being to you. And that when we give those things over to you, when we give our lives over to you, you do not disappoint. No, you accomplish great things, even greater things than we could imagine or hope for. So Father, today, open our eyes that we might see, unclog our ears that we might hear, and give us hearts that are soft, malleable, ready to receive your truth and live it out. And now, Lord, I ask humbly that you would speak through me, or I ask that you'd speak in spite of me. But regardless, I pray that your word would go forth and that your people would be changed because of it. It's in Christ's name and to his glory that we ask all these things. And together, all God's people said, Amen. What is truth? That was the question that was asked at the end of that passage from John that was read for us earlier this morning. What is truth? And that's the question we have to wrestle with today. What is truth? Now, that's a question that we not only have to answer, but it's a question that people throughout history have been wrestling with. But it is the question that is front and center for us this morning as we meet together, as we open God's Word, as we gather together for worship. What is truth? Who is this man whose name is Jesus? And what is the truth about him? You see, today we do find ourselves confronted by the in-between. We're coming to the end, as Luke mentioned earlier, we're coming to the end of a liturgical year. It's drawing to a close. It's wrapping up today. And in just a few short weeks, we're going to be wrapping up another calendar year. But if you think back over these last two years, really, these years have been marked by pain and frustration and and maybe difficulty for many in our world. I mean, there's 
been tremendous pain maybe that you've experienced personally as you've dealt with some losses in your life. Maybe the loss of someone that you love, a loss of a career, a loss of something else. I mean, for the last two years, since March of 2020, we found ourselves embroiled in this global fight with a pandemic. There have been hurricanes that have come and swept across our world. Fires have claimed homes throughout many parts of the United States. Floods have affected even our little communities here in West York and Adams Counties. Here we are, here we are, the, the end of a year, and a new one is about to dawn. A new liturgical year begins with the season of Advent. January 1st marks the beginning of a new calendar year, and we're moving toward a season of hope, a season of expectation, a season where we hope that joy is going to rule and reign supreme. We look forward to this season, this season of Advent, because of the promise of Emmanuel, the promise of God with us. And that's good news, right? That we're not alone. That God is there, that He's on our side, that He never leaves us or forsakes us. We're looking forward to that hope. And we're clutching to it tightly. We're looking forward to the other promises that come along with Advent. Of a wonderful counselor, of a mighty God, of a prince of peace. We also, as we enter into the season, we know that that hope is dawned, that it has become a reality, that the Son of God, the promised Messiah and Savior has been born. Jesus has arrived on the scene and He's made all the difference for us. But we also, during this season, we turn a key eye towards a future reality, His second coming, a day when God is going to come and He's going to set things right once and for all. What a day that's going to be. A day where there's no more tears or sorrow. A day in which pain is no longer going to afflict us. Look forward to that day. But in the meantime, we have to answer and wrestle with that question, what is truth? You see, how we answer that question about truth is going to make all the difference in the world. It's going to make all the difference in our lives, both now and for all eternity. How we answer that question is going to change and affect our perception of reality, of the way that we view the substance and the aspects of our daily lives. What is truth? As Pilate and the others found in asking that question, this question of truth, it's not a game to be played. This weekend, we pause in the in-between. Between that which is and that which is to come, and we ponder the reign of Christ the King. We ponder the difference that the reign of Christ the King makes. The difference it makes for us personally, the difference it makes for us as a church, the difference that that truth makes for us as a world, as well as for all eternity. The truth that we remember as we celebrate Christ the King Sunday is that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He gets the first word as He speaks creation into existence. And He gets the last word as He sets things right and makes them right once and for all. As we mark this last weekend of the liturgical year, and as we look forward with eager anticipation to the start of a new one next week, we're reminded that our past 
is held in God's hand. That He was there with us as we faced those things over this last year, over these last few years. That He was there long before we ever breathed the breath on planet Earth. He has been there. But we also acknowledge that He's here with us now, right? He was before us. He's there with us now. And He will be with us in the future. He is already there writing the story. That means nothing in this world takes God by surprise. Nothing in this world takes God by surprise. And I don't know about you, but I find that incredibly encouraging today because there are a lot of things in this life that take me by surprise. There are lots of things that take my breath away. There are lots of things that leave me saying, wow! Can you believe that just happened? Sometimes things catch me by surprise and I just say, help. Because those are the only words that seem appropriate. But nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing takes the King of Kings and Lord of Lords by surprise. Nothing in this world leaves Him scratching His head. Although it may leave us doing just that. To acknowledge that Christ is King, it also means that There are many things in our current time, many things in our current reality that are imperfect, that aren't as God had intended them to be. There are things that are unjust. There are things that are downright sinful. There are things that are destructive and broken about this present time. To acknowledge that Christ is King, that He holds today, but that He also holds tomorrow, is to acknowledge that He is in the process of redeeming and making those things new. Amen? Is not leaving things the way that they are. To proclaim that Christ is King is to be convinced that Jesus is the one who breaks the power of canceled sin. He breaks us free from that old way of life. And He's issuing in a new and different way of life. He's extending to us the promise of eternal life in Him. And I have to tell you, we saw a glimpse of that this morning. Last week, I shared a video of you, with you of two infants that we had baptized, the Conway twins, and that was exciting, and it was so much fun to baptize them, and they enjoyed it so much. But this morning at our 8.30 service, I had the opportunity to baptize Brian Ederling, and Brian is not a little baby. Brian is this grown man. And I received a phone call from Brian a, a couple months ago, and he said, can we talk about baptism? God is doing something in my life, and I want to share that with the church, and the best way I can think to do that is through baptism. I said, sure. And so Brian and I got together, and we talked, and he told me his story, shared with me about what God has been doing in his life, and there was no doubt that he wanted to share that with us, his church family, there's no doubt that he wanted to express it through that sacrament of baptism. I tell you what, it was a sweet moment this morning because as soon as we reached that point in the service, before I could welcome him up, he shot up from the pew he was sitting in. I mean, he was just ready to go. And he's standing back there and standing back there, and I, I gave a little introduction and talked a little bit about what we were going to do, and I think, I think Brian's wife was actually holding him back. Like he was so excited. Then when I asked him to come forward, he came forward and we handed him a microphone and he shared just a small tidbit of what God is doing. 
But one of the most important things that he shared was now his life is different because Jesus is the Lord, the Savior, the King of his life. And there's just joy. There's peace. There's hope. There's all those things that we talk about. And at the end of it, he had this mask on, but his smile was so big you could see it through and around the mask. And everyone applauded him. Everyone welcomed him. I gave him a big hug. It was just a big celebration. But you know what that was? That was this truth that we're talking about put on display for everyone to see. It was incredible. A life changed. A life changed now, but also eternally. You see, the truth that we hold to unswervingly, the truth that we confess as we celebrate Christ the King, is that Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is markedly different. He is vastly superior to the kings of this earth. All the kings that have ever lived, the kings that rule now, and any kings that will rule in the future. He is markedly different. His reign is vastly superior. Because His is a kingdom that is just. And His is a kingdom that is ushered in not by force, but by love. By the very Son of God laying down His life, His body broken, His blood shed, to say, I love you. I want to be in relationship with you. In other words, Jesus is a king and His kingdom, and the way that He grows it, is vastly different than the kingdoms of this world. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 2. Christ's kingdom advances not by warfare, not by conquest, but rather through self-sacrificial service. The greatest becoming the least. Taking on the very nature of a slave. The one who has everything, laying everything aside to come and live life on our level as one of us. The one who is deserving of all praise, glory, and honor, setting all of that aside to die at the hands of his creation. And he does that out of love, that we might come to know him and walk in relationship with him. I don't know about you, but as I think about that love today, as that love just overwhelms me, I can't help but describe it as amazing. I can't help describe it as anything other than divine. Because we love with strings attached, don't we? I'll love Luke as long as he does this for me or as long as his performance is at this level. You know, I love pizza, but as long as the pizza tastes just a certain way. Or as long as it has just the right toppings or the right amount of heat or it doesn't burn the roof of my mouth when I eat it. No, the love that God has for us doesn't have strings attached. Because I will give everything and I have given everything for you. And Isaac Watts has this line. He says, this is a love so amazing, a love so divine that it demands my soul, my life, my all. 
You know, this is a kingly love. This is a, a kingly love that is different from the loves of this world. It's a love that overwhelms us. A love that woos us. And it's a love that's so amazing that one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that He is Lord. And it's a love so profound. A love so amazing that it changes us, it reshapes us, it reorients us. Causing us to become more like Christ. Causing us to conform more and more to His likeness. But to say that Christ is King is not just to say that He's the perfecter of time. It's not just to say that everything belongs to Him or that His kingdom is different or better than the kingdoms of this world. Although all those things are true. To claim that Christ is King is to acknowledge that everything that we are and everything that we have belongs to Him. You see, unlike the popular bumper sticker, Jesus is not our co-pilot. He's not running, riding shotgun in our lives. And he's not going to be acting as the backseat driver. To acknowledge that Jesus is Lord is to embrace that He is in charge. He's setting the tone. He's giving us the directions to follow. He's the one that's in control. All that we have, all that we are, all those things belong to Him. We belong to Him. Our lives are not our own. And think about what that means this morning. It means that our time, the time that we have at our disposal is not ours. Now we like to think it is. We often feel like we have a right to spend our time in any old way that we'd like. But in reality, it belongs to Him. Think about the magnitude of that claim if we were to live it out. I mean, how many times in life have you, have you said, it's not fair? Or, I'd rather be doing this than that. Because deep down in your heart of hearts, life is still about you and me, and it's about what I want what you want. But what if we started thinking, how would God want us to spend our time? Or, how would we best use the time that God has given us? You see, to say that Christ is Lord is to proclaim that the very best of our time, it belongs to Him. All of our time belongs to Him. It's a gift that He's given to us. And to say that means that, that He doesn't just deserve the leftovers or He doesn't just deserve what we have left after we've given everything else to everyone else. And when we say that Christ is king, we're saying that everything belongs to him. The skills, the abilities, the talents, those things that he's placed at our disposal, they belong to him. They're to be used in his service. Again, think about what that might mean personally. How are you using the skills, the talents, the gifts that God has given you? Are you using them to advance the kingdom? Or are you too busy? Too exhausted? stressed out. After the day's done, you just want to put up your feet and say, at least I got through another one. You see, when we confess that Christ is King, what we're saying is that the resources that He's given us, all those things that He's placed at our disposal, they're not really ours. Instead, they're gifts. And we need to give a portion of those gifts back to Him for His service we need to participate in the work of His kingdom, not out of guilt or obligation, but out of joy. 
because of who he is and his great love for us. See, part of what we celebrate on Christ the King Sunday, part of what we celebrate is what we confess. And that's our own shortcomings in these areas. Our failings. The way that we've fallen short of this ideal. Oftentimes, we try to fit God into our already busy lives or we treat Him as just some add-on to what's going on. We give Him what's left over after we've purchased everything that we want. We, we give Him what's left in terms of our time after we've already given it all away to everyone else. Or we scrape the bottom of the barrel and we give Him what energy we have left after we've tackled all the other things on our to-do list. See, part of what Christ the King Sunday is, it's about acknowledging that we don't have it all figured out. We still often act like we're the king and queens of our world. See, Christ the King Sunday becomes an opportunity for us to reorient, to refocus, to remind ourselves that life is not all about me. It's not all about you. It's not all about what we want. But in those confessions, we're also professing something very important, aren't we? We're professing our deepest aspiration. That we want to become fully formed followers of Jesus Christ who have dedicated every facet and aspect of our lives to Christ and to His kingdom. We want to see Christ's kingdom come and His will be done just as we pray each and every week. Because we know after all that what God has in store, that what God is up to, that what God is doing in us and creating in the world around us that is far greater and far better than anything we could even begin to imagine. What is truth? The truth is that Jesus is the very Son of God. Amen? And that by coming and living life on our level, by suffering, by dying, by being raised to life, He has changed everything. And He will eventually return. He will come back. And He will establish His rule and His reign forever. And what a day that will be. There will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. All the wrongs will be righted. Justice will roll down like water. Righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And when He comes, He is going to bring with Him a new and different kingdom. He's going to undo the curse of sin. He's going to set things right. What a day that is going to be. The King of kings and Lord of lords on His throne, rolling and reigning, everything in its place. But until that day comes, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday because we need regular reminders of what is to come. We need regular reminders so that we can reorient ourselves and begin to align our lives towards that reality. We need those reminders so that when it seems chaotic in the world around us, we remember that all is not lost. 
Because we serve the one who holds the future. We serve the one who knows tomorrow. Amen? And amen.